0: New podcast from you that bringing off the Patreon and off Spotify to the main rising from the ashes feed. It's called the 88. It's with me and my girl Morgan and we go into the constellations all 88 Uh, at first we start off trying to do multiples of them. And then we realize that there's just so much there, we have to break it down into one constellation an episode, sometimes two, if it's a really tiny constellation that nobody cares about. Not to say like nobody cares, but you know, nobody cares. And there's just not a lot of myth or anything like that associated with it. So it's easier to do a couple of those together. Um, Also, I hope you guys have been enjoying ebbs and flows. I love that show. I love getting into biblical subjects and topics. So I hope you guys are all, and girls are all listening to this too. And robots. And I hope you guys all enjoy this and let us know what you think. Uh, we would like to get some people on the show to talk about Constellation. So if you have a favorite Constellation and you want to come on and talk about it? Hit us up. Let us know. Not just for other podcasters, but actual real listeners. If you want to come on the show and uh, give a little presentation on a certain constellation, you're more than welcome. Uh, you can get a hold of me at Danunaki Dan on Instagram, or hit me up on the Telegram at Danunaki Dan and if you can't do any of that then are you really trying it's pretty easy so without further ado here is the first episode of the 88th andromeda to aquarius enjoy constellations for the 88 constellations and to preface all that we're going to give you a little backstory uh morgan you got a little backstory action for us
1: i mean like yeah you can start by the beginning of actual time um this is like the longest game ever played is what i've come to realize And literally, like, the more that you know, the more you don't know. But then it all comes back around, just like it should, because it's, like, planned that way. It's really, really, really weird. But I will say that, basically, um, you can thank all of the Alexandrian schools for having come up with this wonderful way of making you know your mind come up with actual metaphysical things and knowing how to do it perfectly and executing it very well um they even have names for it and all of this i found out just in like one constellation so um it's funny that aquarius is like at the beginning because i've needed like time to process a lot of the things and wonderful anomalies i will say about it so
0: um it's important to go through the constellations in alphabetical order also right
1: yes for me it is um
0: why is and why is that
1: because as like uh you read them alphabetically and the way they're named which um uh, in itself in each language translated what it you can't really translate from your native tongue but it it all comes back around like the it tells a story mm-hmm. you know it truly and honestly does other than the one that um you're given which is still equally as cool but it's like way deeper than that it tells like stories within stories within stories and how like powerful you are and how important um i guess it is to stay in the moment and try to like really think with your heart and not your brain which most people don't do you know mm-hmm. how important that like area of your body is and um how quickly you are to forget about it you get caught up and I say you, I mean myself, I guess I get caught up in like worrying about past things or future things. But, um, even like going through this, it was a quick reminder of like how important the moment really is. You know what I mean? How important you are and what your mindset is. And, uh, I think that's awesome. So Take it away.
0: Take it away.
2: I
1: guess as we go through it, um, you'll learn more about how, you know, important your mind is and how powerful we are because uh, the longest game ever played has been taking your mind and actually using it to physically come up with the metaphysical things that you can't really see. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's really fascinating how um time which has been built upon different philosophies on top of different thoughts and school of thoughts have actually like made things come into being. So that's cool, you know. Uh hmm. it's can you, just
0: can you go into some my, of those like philosophies and how kind of like the viewing of constellations came about and what prominence that had? I
1: can't tell you how they came about because that is the age old question, I guess. But <laughs> I can't tell you like what, like where, I've, like I think my stopping point, and I am going to stop here because this is the end of my road on this journey on this one's specific topic i'm done uh but what i can come up with is um zoroaster's cave here i have some things brought up about that uh because i'm not going to spend that much time here because this is just like the start (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. so
1: basically the philosopher's stone right i have no idea okay so yeah, no, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just. Uh, so this is contained on some type of apire. Like I said, I don't do not implore just anyone to go look at that. But um, it's saying that you can make the philosopher's magical gold out of. Uh, too profound, subtle discourse of the particular tinctures that of Saturn and Jupiter conflate, and of Jupiter single are recommended as short and profitable works by the restorer of it to the light, <laughs> to which is added blah 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 xoxo. Okay, so uh, yeah, this is some real shit on uh, and it's works that have been put together with like famous apostolic like priest you know like saints that we still ritually worship currently (laughs) no pun intended but still we do um so like and this is from i guess i'm gonna um also like put this back to homer and like the restoration and the renaissance back then after like something huge had happened to us that we don't really know. So anyway, the biggest philosopher out of, well, one of the first um, well-known philosophers was Timaeus out of the Alexandrian schools in Egypt. Um, He actually is the father of physics. So you could put him like as like time you know, he's set, he's the father of, he uh, figured out physics. And then we go all the way down the list. We end up at metaphysics, by the way, I hate to uh, spoil it for you. But um, so we go from all of these people to uh, that have shaped our thought, basically, like, okay, so we start with Pythagorean. The Pythagorean, like the rectangle, like that's a shape, right? Like that's the first school of philosophy that ever took over, which is also known. Like the Pythagoreans came from like caves and like were cave dwellers, which just means that like you actually know things, you know, like you know and you can play tricks on people. Like you can resurrect yourself from the dead if you just go hide out in a cave for like three years or something you know hello I'm back <laughs> so that's that's basically like uh, a good way to scare people if you have that knowledge which these people did of uh, the Pythagoreans so um <laughs> so that was oratory like instructions basically also on how to speak you know like um the rhetorical triangle I guess you could say it's like logos pathos what is it logos euros, pathos we still go by that too by the way we uh the way we read text it's really funny um so we go from like that uh and what like it's crazy is like it started this whole school of Mysticism from the Mithraic people who came from the Zoroastrians, who were probably Pythagoreans, if that makes any sense. But that's how that happened. So they basically take physics and they learn how to shape and bend people's minds by like revelatory text or oracle um, stories. Or like casting spells or like uh, they knew about the stars so they could like, you know, read horoscopes and do all of this cave stuff. And like, honestly, we still, uh, like I said, go by this today and by the school of thought right now, they would, uh, <laughs> they had a a system of correspondencing like are corresponding with each other and it was it's honestly like scrying i'm gonna say um hold on do you have a can i share this with you yeah i want to because this is absolutely insane um these zoroastrians man they knew how to uh i don't know if it was us like, here's the thing, when Egypt uh, combined with Greek or Greek combined with Egypt, which is East and West combining, which just is almost impossible to do, but, but they did, don't ask me how, but they did, and they came up with some wonderful um, philosophic views that end up, like, with, uh, the first step is liturgy, which is, like, just, you know, literature, just instilling, like, uh, spelling or, like, how to read or talk with each other. And then, like, the from a uh, school of, you know, um, apocryphic text and, you know, godlike material. And then we finally go from that to metallurgy. And that's all by our logos, by the way that we talk. Which, um, you know, they they also had their own method of astrology. So they knew how to construct, like, to how to create a construct, basically. <laughs> how to construct a construct. <laughs> and their astrology was uh, a lot different to us. But they called it the Ostia pavement. And that was basically your alley of allotment. Which is freaking weird. Because when Adam left the garden... Of Eden, didn't he get to take lot too? What I don't know, right? It didn't, he, I don't know. It's like an allotment of something, uh, you know. Uh, land, anyway, yeah, basically, or or just anything that you think is valuable that's materialistic that has ca- like carbon in mm-hmm. it, something that you can't take with you to. Wherever you go next, no one can. Hmm. Um. But anyway, so this is your uh your alloy, your alloy allotment. Uh, and their astrology started with Saturn, uh, which was the which was lead, and Kronos was that god. Uh, second was Venus, which was tin, and Aphrodite was that god, and third was. Uh, Jupiter, which was bronze, and obviously that's Zeus. Fourth was Mercury, of course, iron, and Hermes. Uh, five was Mars, and the it's ruled by Aries, which is a fixed star sign. And we'll get in a, we'll get into that in a second, but it's ruled by Aries, and what it says is an uneven qua. So there's it, it's like unable to be measured. Um, which I thought was freaking weird. I don't know, considering that Ascension does involve fixed stars, but after planets. So that must mean, according to this, that a fixed star system is accruing in a, in a certain planet, which mm-hmm. comes from us, essentially. But, but that's weird. Anyway, so uh, six is the moon, which is silver, and seven is sun, which is gold. Um, so it's backwards from the days in order that we go by, you know, it's already inverted, but um, so you go from like planet ascension to fixed star ascension, and the way we get this were like, uh, back then, uh, Platonists especially would uh comment on each other and on their works, but it would be a lot later, so I find that weird too, considering. Now we know that uh, they used to scry with Egyptians or what seemed like scrying. Who knows? Maybe they um, made Egyptians do these rituals for them to get these answers or uh, they literally were scrying. I don't know. But um, the way we know this is from Origin, which is... Literally an OG Platonist. He's like one of the first. Obviously, his name is Origin. But um, so the meeting of the ecliptic of the planetary system and the fixed star system and us um, is called the uh, Interpeto Platonica, and that's basically just a different ion. It's a sound, um, and that is like the spheres and the earthly terrain at once so what they've done is they've created what they called an enigma and that just means that they've been finding like mining us for philosophical meaning which technically you know as above so below like it does get basically down to elements you know um anyway so it just starts with like your rhetoric and the way that you talk to people, or the way that you write things down, especially, but um, they call it the hermeneutic key of subject matter, and that is just like basically a way to compress something and like uh, use a spectrum to like look at it. Uh, so, so uh, it's very esoteric but very, um, if you read it, it's not, you know, but it's extremely hidden in myth-racism. So here we are going from like <laughs> literal urgy to like the urgy to like, if you read these texts that they literally wrote <laughs> to um, like make something happen to people that they can't explain there's a feeling that they have for that it's called ineffable and that that just means that's like a god feeling like something that you can't like a spiritual something that you can't physically uh say to someone else because they won't understand what you just went through but like i get it you know i have them all the time um but they they these people like knew about this and then would write it down to each other and then literally and i mean literally put it in a uh, religious text so then rituals would come from them that people don't even know that they're doing which i think is absolutely ingenious i think the longest game I ever played but it's smart as hell but like i'm done you know type of thing but it's absolutely crazy how important it is to understand your words and what they mean because like when you get down to bra- and i mean brass tacks it it's worth something so i just wanted to um point that out i guess and tell you that I love you and I love everyone who's taking the time to listen to us babble and I'm happy to be here.
0: Right. Excellent. Uh, Asher Banipal was uh, the first to uh, first in recorded history uh, to bring about astrology in ancient Sumer- Sumeria. Um, he made a significant contribution to astrological history when he gathered together a series of Sumerian astrological tab- tablets tablets known as the Enuma Anu Enlil. These Sumerian tablets mm. make up the first historical record of the Zodiac. Wow. Just a little fun fact. So
1: how old are they?
0: Uh, I'm not sure about the time of Ashurbanipal.
1: I think that's okay if I'm not wrong. Hold on. I Probably really think that's like the a, first. The first account ever. Um and I think that's like hold on because there's so much info on you. Um 669
0: BC is right. when Ashurbanipal mm-hmm. was alive. Um and he died in six, he was the king in Assyria in 669 BC. And he died in 631 BC. Because uh, The going
1: Assyrians to- had something, the Assyrians were smart. And that's something else I've come to realize, like super smart. I cannot wait to see what else we find out like about that area. I mean, not saying that. I want anything bad to happen to these people. I have no clue what's going on over there, but the freaking history is insane. These two, mm. these people they wrote everything
2: down.
0: Anyway. Yeah, uh, the these the tablets named many of the constellations and gave definition to the nature of numerous heavenly bodies Uh, the babylonians Mm -hmm. the ever-evolving idea of the zodiac passed from the sumerians to the akkadians to the assyrians and then on to the babylonians the zodiac (laughs) achieved a circular form around 700 bc when the babylonians created the zodiac wheel with planets and houses the persians further evolved the zodiac between 550 and 420 They have been credited with the birth chart, the Ephemeris, and locating the planets within the zodiac signs. Then the Greeks, early in the 4th century BCE, uh, Babylonian astrology was introduced to the Greeks. The Greeks applied the term animal circle to the zodiac through the studies of Plato, Aristotle, uh, the Stoics, Mm -hmm. and other like-minded Greeks, which is what you're referring to or talking about and astrology became highly regarded as a science in ancient greek culture additionally the names of the planets and signs come from greek myth and literature Um, alexander the great then uh, spread the babylonian zodiac uh, to the greek speaking world Uh, the two great Greek states built by Alexander the Great, the Seleucid uh, Empire and Mesopotamia, and uh, the uh, Ptolemaic Kingdom of Egypt. Alexander's empire resulted in the export of Greek Zodiac to Greek-speaking cities and kingdoms from Africa to Asia. The first surviving Mm -hmm. Zodiac images, the Seleucid Zodiac from Mesopotamia and the Dendera Zodiac from Egypt, came or come from the hellenistic period that falls between the death of alexander the great and the emergence of the roman empire circa Mm -hmm. 323 to 31 bce uh i could go on if you want or i could just stop there but i think exactly no
1: we're good that's enough of more yeah that's
0: enough of (laughs) more
1: more will be revealed
0: (laughs) yeah that's enough of a breakdown to see where it comes from because what i notice is that some of these constellations even though they might have existed back then they have different names now because whoever rediscovered it later renamed it you know so i wonder what the actual names of some of these things were back way back then that would be awesome to find out
1: Well, you're in luck because, um, although, yeah, so although the, no, seriously, we're all in luck. Um, this is amazing news because (laughs) although the stories are Greek, what they did was keep the Arabic names to every original star ever, (laughs) um, made so as you go through the constellations in alphabetical order by um from their mother tongue all the way to western society you mm-hmm. will see that uh just by the different names how it changes the story of what you're like actually dealing with and that goes back to um the and like just like the crazy things about how you read and talk and what you say. So, yeah, anyway, Um side note, sorry.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Do you want me to get into Andromeda now? Or yeah, did you go have, ahead. did you have more to speak but, on?
1: No, that's perfect. Go right in.
0: Go into Andromeda? Yep. All right. You asked for it. <laughs> Um the constellation Andromeda was main named after the mythical princess Andromeda, the daughter of Queen Cassiopeia and the wife of the Greek hero Perseus. It was also known as the Chained Maiden Perseia, wife of Perseus, or Cepheus, daughter of Cephas, or Cepheus, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, among the notable deep-sky objects, Andromeda Constellation contains the famous Andromeda Galaxy, Messier 31, and the dwarf elliptical galaxies, Messier 32, Le Gintel, and Messier 110. The brightest stars in the constellation are Alpharats, Maroc, and Almak. Uh, They form a chain between the great square of Pegasus and the constellation Perseus. Uh, Andromeda is the 19th largest constellation in the sky, occupying an area of 722 square degrees. It is located in the first quadrant of the northern hemisphere in Q1. The constellation can be seen at latitudes between 90 degrees positive, and negative 40 degrees, uh, so those above the equator, below the equator. The neighboring constellations are Cassiopeia, Lacerta, Pegasus, Perseus, Pisces, and Triangulum. Hmm. The constellation name Andromeda is pronounced Andromeda. Andromeda? Okay, it's Andromeda. In English, the constellation <laughs> is known as Andromeda Duh. or the chains made. It. That was my Donald Trump impression. <laughs> uh. The generative form of Andromeda used in star names is Andromeda, Andromeda. Uh, The three-letter abbreviation adopted by the International Astronomical Union is IAU in 1922. Um is A and D. Well, the astronomical union is IAU, and in 1922, Andromeda became A and D abbreviated. Andromeda has three brighter than magnitude three point zero zero. Has three stars brighter than fucking damn it. Andromeda has three stars brighter than magnitude three point zero zero, and three stars located within ten parsecs, which is thirty two. 0. 0.6 light years from earth the brightest star in the constellation is alpha andromedae also known by its traditional name alpha rats the nearest star is ross not ross from friends different ross 248 spectral class m6v right. also known as double h andromedae it lies at a distance of only 10.3 light years from earth the constellation contains nine named stars. The star names approved by the IAU are Adhil, Almach, Alpharats, Andromeda, Buna, Nembus, Nimbus, uh, Steranocht, uh, Titiwin, Titiwin, Constellation Prize, it's a booby prize, it's a Titiwin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Veritate. Andromeda has a number of stars with confirmed exoplanets. Titiwin, Upsilon Andromedae, has four planets in its orbit. The triple star Kappa Andromedae has one confirmed exoplanet, about 13 times the mass of Jupiter. First discovered in November 2012, the suspected variable star 14 Andromedae, also called Veritate, has a known extrasolar planet discovered in 2008. Um, wow there is a wasp uh other stars with known planets are blah blah lots of hds but there's also uh a wasp one and a couple hats in there not gonna read them all it's all pretty boring stuff if you guys want to go look at further stuff uh-huh. you can go to the constellation and check out the constellations um uh, the constellation is That's associated off, with, with the Andromeda's meteor shower, also known as the eyelids, First documented on December 6th, 1741 over Russia. Uh, mm. blah, blah, blah.
1: That's interesting. Uh,
0: the Andromeda myth. You want to know the myth of Andromeda?
1: Well, yeah, I love myths.
2: You
0: Especially love myths? since I'm
1: talking about myth or cults. Let's <laughs> keep it going <laughs> with the myth that keeps going.
0: Uh, okay. Well, let's do it then. Andromeda was the daughter of Cepheus and Cassiopeia, the king and queen of mythical Ethiopia. Andromeda and her mother Cassiopeia were renowned for their beauty, but Cassiopeia's excessive boasting soon. Angered the gods as atonement, Cepheus and Cassiopeia were ordered to present Andromeda as a sacrifice to Poseidon's sea monster.
1: Stop there, go back, rewind. Why? What's the reason why they had to sacrifice and alter their kid?
0: Andromeda and her mother, Cassiopeia, were renowned for their beauty, but Cassiopeia's excessive boasting. Soon angered the gods. She was probably walking around like, oh, "I'm so pretty. Like, you should okay. all like just do everything for me. Like, buy me dinner and Where's like get my, get my nails done for me and like rub my feet because like they're tired and I'm just so pretty. So you should just do it all for okay. me."
1: Okay, get the shit. That's, okay, so it's like I'd fucking
0: torture that bitch too
1: hey don't hey that word not until we're talking about purpose i mean wait (laughs) wait till further down the line to throw that one out
0: okay Um, my bad i'm just joking too by the way it was i don't think anybody should get eaten by poseidon sea monster just so you know
1: well don't that's about where we're at again (laughs) just so you know (laughs)
0: I mean, what is Poseidon's sea monster? Do you really want to know? I
1: don't know. No, (laughs) I actually don't.
0: (laughs) No. I could only guess at what Poseidon's sea monster is. Uh, She was chained to a rock and left on the seashore. And Jomada would have been killed had it not been for Perseus, the slayer of Medusa, who passed by at just the right moment. In return for saving Andromeda, he was awarded the princess's hand in marriage. Together, Perseus and Andromeda traveled to Greece and began the powerful Perseid dynasty.
1: What a beautiful love story.
0: Yeah. it?
1: very grief.
0: Wasn't it Perseus, too, that stole fire? Or am I getting my guys mixed up?
1: Well, actually, it just comes down like a long line of like people who emanate other people who emanate other people is what it seems. To what be. was that Perseus? So, yes, but it was Prometheus. Oh, Prometheus! And, but it's my like bad. this. Either way, it's the same story that will like um, it's your thought, like your um, your mercurial aspect, like the way that your will, like the the way that you um move and basically what we're here on this like round four is your the way that your will moves your heart we're supposed to go by like that venus like your mars and your your mars pulls your venus and that's going to be important later too
2: yeah i thought venus pulls my
1: mars well i mean you could be and if (laughs) you want to go back that way you could be on that route (laughs) it's
0: a joke uh do you want to go into Perseus and Medusa?
1: When the time comes.
0: Should I do that? Because it will. It will? Okay. Yeah. Because Medusa, you know. Anyways, we'll get to that.
1: Yeah. Um We've got 88 constellations. You don't think that they've got their own. <laughs> Perseus does.
0: Okay. Uh Andromeda was known for her remarkable beauty as she was a princess of Ethiopia. So that's pretty interesting because that means she is possibly not a white girl. It is reasonable to assume that she was black. Indeed, it seems that ancient authors took it for granted that the mythical Ethi- Ethiopians had dark skin. Yet the, and the question of Andromeda's ethnicity is more complicated. First, the exact location of the mythical e- Ethiopia is unclear, is it? In the Odyssey, Homer says that Ethiopians dwell sundered in twain, the farther most of Standard men. Sundered
1: in twain.
0: Somewhere Hyperion, i.e. the sun, sets, and somewhere he rises. Some later sources, for example, the 5th century BC, BCE historian Herodotus identified Ethiopia with the ancient kingdom of Cush, just south of Egypt, and therefore viewed the Ethiopians as black Africans. Others, however, located Ethiopia near India in the east, close to where the sun rises every day. To complicate matters further, another tradition had emerged by the first century BCE that identified the site of Andromeda's binding and rescue as Jaffa, also called Joppa or Eope, Iope, IOPE, Jope, mm. and Yafo, Yafo, a port city that is now part of Tel Aviv, Israel. In this case, Andromeda and her parents would have been ethnically Phoenician rather than black Africans. But I think actually black people, some black people consider themselves uh, to be Phoenician, too. And Phoenicians were multicultural, so there's another problem. As a result, some ancient authors described Andromeda as black, while others imagined her as white in ancient art, Likewise, Andromeda could be depicted as either black or white. What were you going to say, babe? Sorry.
1: Um at this current like time and like the way that we are establishing um like how to move through life um just giving love to one another i don't think that the um color of anyone's skin should matter to anyone else because Uh, we're all on different paths, and if you want to get like mystical and alchemical, and like what path you're on, or like the color of your skin, like it, it's like all down to your own. Like you can, it's uh, everybody's got their own like path to be on. So, but this isn't the time to focus on that.
0: My path. I'm going to say uh, just picture everybody as yellow then like on The Simpsons and then you're good. Uh, But I think...
1: No, because that does matter. It does, but um, not at this point.
0: I think ethnicity does play some sort of factor because if people are trying to whitewash everything or blackwash everything, you know, I, I think people take pride in their culture and whatnot and to see their heroes be changed to a different color or something might be upsetting uh, because everybody kind of looks to mythology and heroes uh, for more understanding about themselves. And if they had some cultural aspects, then I think it would be uh, that it should be noted.
1: Here's the thing with cultural aspects and building a, um, I would, uh, shrine or like, um, even like a picture to yourself. Um, I know it, it sounds crazy, but that's how humans get turned into gods. And that's exactly what has happened. And we've allowed that to happen by letting theurgy and liturgy literally extract um our minds and make these things come about so um if something has a picture or a statue or an idol attached to it uh i would just be cautious to idolize that in any matter or fashion well, because yeah, that's yeah. basically all it wants for me but that's how people get turned into gods. It freaks me out though, because in that other group that we're in, we're talking about, I was saying, imagine Elon Musk is going to be a god in like 200 years. Like, really? That's scary watching that, you know? Yeah. A person turn into a god. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: You're good. Um, I'm just looking at how much of this I want to read. Uh, as Andromeda was awaiting her fate, Perseus happened to pass by on his way home from killing the Gorgon Medusa. He's just like, "Oh, woman in trouble! Let me help." Captain Savaho is here to save the day. When he learned what so. was happening, uh that the beautiful girl bound to the rock was to be sacrificed to Poseidon's sea monster, Perseus made Cepheus and Cassiopeia an offer, if they promised him Andromeda's hand in marriage, he would save her life. Cepheus and Cassiopeia agreed, apparently not consider, considering that killing the sea monster might be further might further anger Sidon. Um So Perseus was still armed with the divine weapons the gods had given him for his battle with Medusa, a helmet of invisibility, uh, adamantine sword straight from Wolverine's. uh,
1: What is adamantine?
0: Adamantium is uh, what Wolverine is made out of in the comic books. and adamantine sword, I have no idea. It's probably some type of Godly metal, I could only yeah, miss.
1: made out of freaking humans, <laughs> or, or the th- essence that think they it's extract, a metal like that. I think it's a metal, babe. Okay, but still,
0: I don't think it's bone. I, be... I don't think a bone. Whatever, everything be that, back to that,
1: but I'm not gonna go there. Not we everything. won't go there. I, I won't. I won't do that. Yes, it does, but <laughs> we won't, we won't go there. I want to share this. Okay, so. Uh, I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) He was armed with a helmet of invisibility, an adamantine sword, and winged sandals. He also had the head of Medusa, which turned all those who looked upon it into stone. With this arsenal, he was able to kill the sea monster and rescue Andromeda. Uh, the wedding so- ceremony of Perseus and Andromeda was interrupted, however, by Phineas, Andromeda's former fiancé. He was like, oh, dude, that's my br- that's my chick. You can't marry her. He's like, Pff, I killed fucking Poseidon's sea monster for her, bro. She mine. A struggle ensued in which Perseus ended up killing Phineas and his companions. In the wake of the carnage, Perseus and Andromeda left Ethiopia. Andromeda followed Perseus back to Greece. The newlyweds stepped, stopped on the first of the islands of Seraphos, where Perseus had been raised, so that he could save his mother, Danae, from the unwanted advances of King Polydectes. Perseus then took Andromeda mm. to his ancestral kingdom of Argos on the Greek mainland. After Perseus accidentally killed his father, Acrisius. As an old prophecy had predicted, he would, he gave up the throne of Argos. Though he didn't abandon royal life altogether, instead, he became the king of Tyrians and Mycenae and made Andromeda his queen. Together, Perseus and Andromeda had many important children and began the Perseid dynasty or house of Perseus. Among their famous descendants, was heracles perhaps the greatest <laughs> greek hero of mythology heracles that's the same as hercules right
1: and it's also uh, interpreted Herculitus or herclete oh i think hercules. i got some herculitis i mean it's so funny the way that it is um been translated <laughs> it's funny so, but it's also a revelatory way to show you, like, you go from Hercules to Herclititus. You know what her I clit? mean? Like,
0: hmm. Herclit exactly. Oh. Yeah,
1: it's amorphic. Oh.
0: Uh-huh. The
1: way that her it's clitoris. really. So, yeah, that's the way language works. That is how powerful what you say is.
0: Oh. so Hercules was the god of strong orgasms. All right
1: bless
0: you so after andromeda's death as she was transformed into a constellation along with the other characters of her myth perseus cepheus cassiopeia cetus etc the andromeda constellation contains the andromeda galaxy the nearest major galaxy to the milky way now if you go look at like andromeda constellations you can see like that these people are memorialized in the constellations and they're all nearby so the reason why these myths seem crazy and weird is because they are but also consider what constellations they are by and then they'll start to kind of make sense i think yeah Oh yeah. Did you have something to say before I go on to the next thing of Andromeda? I have two more things. Go
1: right ahead. This is all you, and you have some more constellations. Go right ahead.
0: Because you had some more to say, didn't you? Did you want to add to that?
1: No, but no, absolutely. Everything that needs to be said will be said when it needs. I'm doing. I'm doing
0: doing doing. a good job right now.
1: You're doing a fabulous job, babe. Keep going.
0: We'll see if I get to the next part. So, Andromeda. Andromeda Galaxy. You know, in pop culture, there's some Andromedan aliens. And I was gonna get into that a little bit. So they're called Andromedan. Andromedan, which is me. I'm Andromedan. And I'm Androgynous. I'm super Feminine and
1: stop stop lying. That's not two-faced in you. <laughs> you better stop. You're Gemini showing.
0: Um, oh, I'll zip it up. But you um, you
1: are on to something with that. Uh with the remains of something that had happened. Uh clearly so bad that it needed to be catastrophized. Okay, because mm-hmm. that's what if it's in the sky, it's a catastrophe. You do not want to be in the sky, my friends. Says, and
0: say. and Rome, Dan. I'm just saying, and Rome became Dan. So,
1: but there has also been proof. Hercules
0: was a Dan. He was from the tribe of Dan. He was the same as Samson, yes. which was from the tribe of Dan. All of the watchers so Dan. are... So, and Rome became Dan under the Perseus uh dynasty boom,
1: every yes, in every ruler I made the connection and you sh- most certainly did, babe. I'm so proud of you uh because if you are a tribe of Dan, then you know that uh, you guys have uh in this realm where you lead with your heart, uh you have you guys reign high and you guys know things that the modern person doesn't know. So good for you.
0: I lead with my heart and plead with my fart. We know. (laughs) All right. So the Andromedan, uh, their electromagnetic force, intelligence, matter, space, time, all the same. Andromedan, the galaxy being, this is from a, extraterrestrials.fandom, by the way. The Andromedans are sapient, extragalactic race, which can exist in a material state or in a state of pure electromagnetic energy. They hail from the galaxy of Andromeda and consider some races, such as humans, To be a danger to other galaxies as a result individual andromedans are forbidden to establish communication with such races their biology their physically (laughs) members of this uh physically members of this alien of this alien look like glowing humanoids with bright spherical white eyes and three-fingered hands They notably have no mouths or nostrils and don't appear to be Mm. familiar with the concepts of eating and smelling. While they do not see in the same way as humans, they can perceive people by detecting their brain patterns. Biologically, this alien is nitrogen-based. However, they can Mm. also exist in immaterial electromagnetic state, which makes them effectively immortal besides that the aliens occupy a quadri quadrid- quadri-dimensional plane rather than a tri-dimensional one fuck you that was a hard that's word important. to say they
1: hey that's important to note <laughs> too as well As we move forward through these constellations, triads and like the Trinity are like going to be base grounds for what we cover. So thank you for mentioning that.
0: They occupy the quadri-dimensional rather than the tri-dimensional. Makes sense. Interesting. They involuntarily Mm -hmm. generate enormous amounts of electromagnetic radiation and can emit so much energy that they will disrupt machinery and shatter glass structures as they get near them. However, they also have powers <laughs> that allow them to heal wounds in humans. Huh? Uh, Just think, that
2: it, is,
1: that's amazing. Honestly, kidding? whether that's some like a fandom site and some fan wrote in, hey, whoever, I need their email because that is amazing and very well written. Mm. Keep going.
0: Okay, uh, their lifespan is immortal, and uh, interesting. In some history, in 1963, the engineer named. Alan Maxwell received a transmission broadcast by one of these aliens who was breaking his race's rules by contacting Earth. When asked by Maxwell about God, the alien responded that electromagnetic magnetic force permeates everything, claimed that this force could possess intelligence and equated it with infinity and God. This conversation conversation suggests that the Andromedans. Religion is pantheistic. Later, when a radio station didn't he operated, say it
1: was right ra- Did he say it was racist? Is that what you just said?
0: No. Oh. Uh, he was breaking his races rules by contacting Earth. That's what I'm saying. A, he's a an,
1: racist. The fucking alien.
0: As the as an Andromedan, he's not supposed to contact humans. It's a it's a a no-no. They're not supposed to interact so with us.
1: So, you're telling me that this Andromedan was summoning the human, or was it, so, like, summoned by the person uh, contacting the alien? Uh, Who made the contact?
0: The alien made the transmission.
1: So, the alien knew what they were doing?
0: hmm And they did it anyways. Bad alien.
1: And then said that Sorry, I'm breaking the rules, man. This is my racist rules, and we're fucking racist to humans. No, rats of species.
0: Okay, so Sorry. Rac- racist in that way, yeah, like they don't like humans, or they're not supposed to interact with them.
1: So, what was the goal here?
0: Uh, to uh, let's find out later when a radio station operator <laughs> increases the station's power, unaware. That maxwell was using it to contact the alien the andromedan (laughs) ends up being transmitted to earth like an electromagnetic signal causing him to materialize on earth in his physical humanoid form as he wanders the earth the alien inadvertently provokes chaos and even deaths due to the powerful radiation emitted by his body Maxwell tries to use the radio equipment to send the alien back home, but the military open fire and accidentally shoot Maxwell's wife, Carol. Fortunately, the alien manages to heal her, realizing that he would be punished if he was returned to his people. The alien chooses instead to dissipate his material body and live on as pure energy. Maxwell expresses worry, but the alien merely waves goodbye to Maxwell and his wife, saying, In the of transmission and disappears to parts unknown.
2: Hmm.
1: That's how I want my energy to go out, man. I'm Definitely not sure don't if this want is it real. Harvested.
0: This comes uh, well, from alien point, alien wiki. So
1: it doesn't matter. At some point, like, okay, well then they're just putting that out there to put the hooks in you, you know what I mean? To make people believe in aliens because do you believe in aliens? Sometimes. That comes that's like a ter- like and you're free to change your mind as you know anyone else is. It's fine if yeah. you don't today and you do tomorrow because I go the back fuck and, is and anyone forth else on to
0: it. judge you. I go back and forth on yeah. it. Yeah. You know? It's not something I'm a hundred percent sure about, but it's not something I totally dismiss either. So uh I'm kinda wishy washy on it, you, you know.
1: Well, there was something, like, here, and it says that in the Bible, before we got here. I yeah. mean, we even just went over that. Like, so, are we the aliens? Or, you know, is something else coming back in an alien form? Because, you know,
0: we're like that's half, how it works. Like, half alien.
1: Like, we actually really uh, made ourselves manifest somehow, and... I think that's pretty amazing uh that we're actually here in physical form and able yeah. to scry with each other through you know devices. I think that's awesome. Witchcraft. Like it's Yeah, it, basically yes if <laughs> you want to get down to it. It is one of things You want to get down to brass
0: tacks. Witchcraft.
1: Well, it's not even it's blood tax, <laughs> but we okay. will go there.
0: Okay. All right. All right.
1: Sorry, I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> <sighs> I know. I wish it wasn't. I wish okay. that like we could love each other enough not to um get down to that, but maybe we do.
0: We do love each other. What are you talking about?
1: I- I'm talking about as a human race, like not to make it get down to I love all my human
0: counterparts except for the shitty ones. You
1: have to love them too. Because you have to understand why they're shitty, and that's because yes. they're 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 there to deal, be shitty, deal. and that's literally probably their karma that they're stuck in. I don't hate And that. the more you, you have to love them.
0: Yeah, love them. Kill them with kindness. You want you me to go love on wasn't. everybody? You want me to go love on everybody? Yes. You want me to go, yes. me to go spread yes. my love in all over town?
1: That is what we're supposed to do. Okay.
0: Uh, you heard it here first, folks.
1: That's what we're literally here to do. What is that one uh, myth? I am not sure. Uh where they where he weighs your heart uh with a feather. The scales your heart to a the feather. Death?
0: Yeah. That's uh okay,
1: that's it. That's, that's where we're
0: Egyptian like weighing of your heart against a feather to see how if your heart is heavier than the feather you go to hell basically and if your feather that's where if the feather is heavier than your heart then you get to go to heaven and get to go on the boat into the underworld on the sky barge and Go through a bunch of obstacles and say some passwords, and then you finally make it to the realm of the gods.
2: Well,
1: do you want to go to the realm of the gods, though? Like, that's
0: I don't know. The Are they gonna question. enslave me? I kind of am not sure. Yes, about
1: that. you're Are already they... enslaved.
0: I know. Are they gonna enslave me more? Am I gonna like have yes. to be like? <laughs> working on the railroad all day at this
1: point you'll be you'll oh it's gonna be like working on the railroad but like you won't even have ground or like material to be working on the railroad with like it's going to be
0: won't be talking back that's for sure i'll get fucking slapped
1: (laughs) it's gonna be horrible that's not where i want to go
0: yeah slavery of the gods oh no Um,
1: of the planets because the <laughs> gods make themselves into planets.
0: Okay, my bad. Sorry, babe. Uh, I have one more thing. I to just read. wanted to
1: make that clear. <laughs> okay.
0: Clear or fuzzy? I just wanted to read one more thing from allpoetry.com. And it's a poem about Andromeda from Northern Powerhouse. And uh, the person wrote that in August of 2022. And it's called Andromeda's Last Move. And it says, I fear that this endgame is not mine to play. No feelings are left as I falter, though holding quite still the doing God's will while chained to my last fatal altar. To punish a hero who's not even here, my wrists and my ankles and fetters. His promise is broken, his love's a mere token. My body's being used for vendettas. I breathe in the pregnant air once more. The sea it swells up behind me. The stirring of waves. The life to be saved. The knowing he's not going to find me. The sea pirouetting over my rock is all that I have left to cherish. It's knowing the beast has just been unleashed. And I wait on his favor to perish. The flattening oh the flattering words brought hollow betrayal now being devoured my duty. It's men and their urgings, it's sacrificed virgins, it's the prize that I won with my beauty. While they drink in my wretchedness, all I can think is whether my next move is better. It's everyone stares, it's nobody cares, it's when Will the monster come together? The longer I stay here, the longer I live, but imprisoned and harshly displayed. The terrible weight sealing my fate is freedom just death being delayed? Or is it the moment the beast breaks my chains that my freedom is finally reckoned? It's modest applause, it's into his jaws. It's feeling oblivion beckoned. And that's the end of that poem, but it's a very beautiful poem, and it kind of highlights the story of Andromeda uh being chained to the rock and whatnot, and like what her thoughts might have been being chained to that rock. And I thought that was a, a beautiful poem and wanted to share that one. That's and that's beyond beautiful. And that's really all that I have for Andromeda.
1: that's how poetry works, my friend. It moves you.
0: Yeah, it's very moving. That's how words are. Uh, Did you want me to get into Antila, since alphabetically, I believe it's next, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you have um, Antonius. I don't. I'm going to do it. uh,
0: You want to do Antonius?
1: I'll do it next time. But uh, I mean, it requires some stars from Aquila. But. uh, okay. Well, Aquila took. That's why it's not uh, registered, because it's an old constellation. But I love it because it, it really meshes well with like the story that's being unfolded within the stars. So I think that it really has, and it should for historical uh, meaning, also still be at least recognized.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. yeah, so do you want me to do Antila next, and then you do Apus and Aquarius, since that's the alphabetical yeah. order, or do you want to go next, and then I'll do Antila, and you can do Aquarius last?
1: No, um, we will do uh, like you said. We'll just keep going in alphabetical order.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, you do. <laughs> so, so, and and Tila's pretty well, short, so it's fine. Uh, it's a small. It's
1: very, very substance packed, though. I
0: will give it some substance, and literally <laughs> the, the Antlia, Antlia, constellation is a small, faint constellation located in the southern skies. It is name, its name is an ancient Greek word for the pump. The constellation was originally named Antlia, Antlia Pneumatica to commemorate the invention of the air pump which it represents. Antlia was created and cataloged by the French astronomer Abbe Nicolas Louis de Lacaille, Laciale, I don't know, I can't speak French, in the 18th century, along with 13 other constellations introduced by Lacaille to find the void in some faint regions in the southern sky. Lacaille's constellations are mostly named after scientific instruments, and there are no myths attached to them. Uh, also, it says that because Ant- Antlia was so far in the southern sky and so faint, uh, that's the biggest reason why there's no mist attached to it. And the Greeks, uh, based on their position, could not even see it. So, uh, notable deep sky objects in Antlia include the Antlia Dwarf Galaxy. The Antlia cluster galaxies, the spiral galaxies NGC 3244 and IC 2560, the unbarred spiral NGC 2997, and the interacting pair IC 2545. Members of the Antlia cluster include the massive elliptical galaxies NGC 3258 and NGC 3268, the elliptical galaxy NGC 3260 and lenticular galaxies NGC 3269 and NGC 3267. The spiral galaxy NGC 3281 and the barred spiral NGC 3271, the brightest spiral galaxy in the cluster. What a bunch of boring ass fucking names. Can I rename all this shit like something cool? No why not
1: you absolutely not because someone else has already named it and uh there's
0: <clears throat> yeah, but they named it like there's so many errors
1: <laughs> well absolutely but there's so many errors within the name so that also tells you a story like um within the greek alphabet you know they go alpha through omega when they're um naming you know the most important like one through Okay, like you know what I mean. Why is there so many so with C then? Exactly. Not only that, but um they don't like their um alpha stars are not their brightest ones, nor are their beta ones. Did
0: the Greeks Most even have a C it's
1: like one or two off, or, or some in some cases it's three, but you have to understand that um this air pump is in um antiquity. Um that's literally what it means and that's what it says when you're reading it. But it also uh if you are translating it from a different language, like uh like how actually named it uh makina kunamika. Kunamatika. So that means like um like a breath or like a. I, I mean, wouldn't even say like a breath sure. or like a i was
0: i couldn't really hear you say that, say, say that a, again a, what he called it
1: uh lacal calls it um machina pneumatica but with a p in front of pneumatica uh pneumatic uh p-n-e-u-m-a-t-i-q-u-e, uh, P-N-E-U-M-A-T-I-Q-U-E. Uh, mm-hmm. um and that, I mean, it basically tells you that it's like a like something from the past, like an ancient something. So you're getting a whiff of like something from the past, and I think that's important. To somebody uh, ate some beans. Something grew uh, back then when they made the Southern Triangulum. <laughs> okay. Out of nowhere.
0: Um. Here's a little facts, locations, and map. Antlia is one of the smaller constellations in the sky, 62nd in size, occupying an area of 239 square degrees. It is located in the second quadrant of the southern hemisphere and can be seen at latitudes between positive 45 degrees and negative 90 degrees. The neighboring constellations are Centaurus, Hydra, Pyxis, and Vela. The constellation name Antlia is pronounced Antlia, motherfucker. In English, the constellation is known as the air pump. The genitive form of Antlia used in star names is Antlia. Uh, The three-letter abbreviation adopted by the IAU in 1922 is Ant. That's where Ant-Man comes from. Okay. Antlia does not have any stars brighter than a magnitude of 3.0. It contains two stars located within ten parsecs thirty two point six light years of Earth. The brightest star in Antlia is Alpha An- Antliae. The nearest star in Antlia DEN then ten forty eight dash thirty nine fifty six is a brown dwarf only thirteen point one five light years distance from Earth. Antlia has two stars with known planets HD ninety-three zero. 8, three spectral class K2V and wasp 66. There are no meteor showers Mm. associated with Antlia. The constellation does not contain any messier objects. Uh, Messier is old. S S -S I E R. Not like messy. Uh, Antlia contains. It is messy. (laughs) One formerly named star, the star name approved by the IAU. Is Macondo Macondo Antlia belongs to the lacaille family of constellations along with Calum, uh, Circinus, Fornax, Horologium, Mensa, Microscopium, Norma, Octens, Pictor, Reticulum, Sculptor, and Telescopium and. It makes like a triangle shape with one leg off the left side of the uh, point of the triangle. And Antlia Aunt has no miss like associated with it. An, oh. Uh, it was named after the air pump Antlia pneumatica, an instrument invented by the French physicist Denis Poppin happen who is also famous for inventing the steam digester which preceded the steam engine and the pressure cooker
1: (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i truly Uh, think that's awesome because it's true it's what happened
0: um and yeah if you want to know more about antlia you can go to constellation-guide.com and it'll give you a whole list of. The major stars, the minor stars, deep sky objects, which is uh, Antlia dwarf. Um, there's some other, there's an Antlia cluster. Uh, just a whole bunch of stuff you don't want to hear me say. A bunch of letters and numbers that get really fucking boring. So. I'll keep the boring shit I out. I just
1: want it. to say it's like um part of the triangulum that made like our our globe um appear to us in constellation form on the southern hemisphere to be uh, spherical. Mm. Um so it is like the substance of of our imagination like the theurgy like the the stuff that like we we imagine um, actually, like put out there to a uh, spherical form, which is like also, um, the shape of a noose, mm-hmm. if you will. Like, so I just wanted to, like, that's the importance of Antlia is that, um, it is like, um uh, what, uh, w- along with the southern triangle that made us kind of like realize that um you know we've square we've made the entire globe spherical so mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's what flipped us on our head i guess you could say. Right. it's what it's imagination come into uh like uh the vehicle of the sphere
0: all Just right keep that in mind yeah cool yeah. And next up on the list is a pussy.
1: The apis.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the apis.
1: Whatever. Don't even do the bird like that. See, <laughs> that's so crazy. Don't even do I, that. So asshole. You can't help it. It's in your genes.
0: Yes, it's my fault. I have a penis, so therefore I am.
1: Yes. <laughs> and that's fact. Anyway, um, what do you think of when you think of like the bird of paradise?
0: a flower? I think of a flower or like maybe a toucan or something mm-hmm. like that, you know,
1: okay, but think of one that ain't got no legs,
0: a bird with no legs, yeah, what kind of bird has no legs? don't they all have legs I
1: this bird? no oh. the apis bird has no legs
0: that's why i think, I think of a of flower because the flower the bird of paradise flower does not have legs and it looks but like what's a bird
1: also that's actually kind of creepy because like the the life from the lotus flower whole type that's a whole nother story we'll get into that later but um the i think of because we're in that group um where we're like going through the Bible. Uh, it reminds me of Noah. Okay, you know, okay. I don't know, and I think I asked you this like a few times. Like, how many times did uh, Noah send a bird out?
0: I think three or four.
1: Okay, so he like sacrificed like his bird or whatever a few times just to see if there was land,
2: <laughs>
1: or he like and. And, you know, by the end of like, I'm not going to say the end, but like as some point of view where we're going to end up at is where he's like, a man is like pecking on their own ribs, you know, because they're dying of like uh, dysphoria. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, also, uh, it reminds me of Eve eating the apple first so oh. she turns into nature like water so eve mm. you have to think of as like a nature like a woman is like nature and man is man i think that was a long way of me saying that but that's how i got there so let's okay. keep
0: going apis
1: uh that's just my my humble point of view okay <laughs> Not there's like, like an, an apis meaning.
0: There's the Apis Bowl too of mythology, but that's spelled with A P I S, not A P U S. So
1: well, that it translates over. It don't think that it doesn't make a full turn. I mean, no, I'm it ha- saying, if it has a verb in it, it's gonna it. curve. Okay, well,
0: phonetically, it's the same pronunciation, right? So Apis, Apis, it's relatively the same. You're just switching a vowel it, letter. So yes,
1: yeah, yes. So it ha- it. it circumnavigated its way all the way around um, the world, actually, because um, you see it written down in a bunch of different texts and a bunch of different works that, uh, like, sometimes it's called the Avis Indica, which is the Indian bird. Mm. Oh. So, uh, so it's weed. It's, it's Indica. Like, hey, that's not what I said. Uh, uh, nature, let nature, nature. Okay, all
2: right. Um, go ahead.
1: Sorry, so, <laughs> so in Flamorian, which is another Platonist, he's a it's actually a Flamorian, is actually the name of a book. Okay, so it's a commentary off of someone else's work, but it's called Astronomy Populare. And it is the constellation of the house swallow. So it goes from a bird to being a swallow. So it's like a swift of the old world with a perfectly formed, All those small legs and feet appear enough to be the mode of its life. A stellar bird. So, I mean, uh, yeah. It's also associated with Eve. Like I said earlier, it's life. It is... Like, Noah didn't know if there was land or if there was life able to be, you know, sustained anywhere. So he sent the bird out. And if the bird came back, he knew there was land. If the bird did not come back, uh, there wasn't. any. But I think that there's like an even bigger story behind that one. But anyway, I'm going to move on. Um,
0: It's also a Southern Hemisphere constellation, too.
1: That has completely made its way around phonetically. Meaning like uh, people have associated it in the star so they've seen it so it's been made manifest, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think is freaking cool. I love that. Um, It's like, do we control the stars? or You know, like we definitely play a role. Um, Not saying that we eh, but I'm saying like um, someone's Group thought definitely can in a positive way um help change things and help help change how they've been written in the stars. But anyways, uh yeah, so it's involved in in like a it it's it completely like is shrouded in mystery and has a lot of obscurity around it that is and this is c- quoting uh Richard. Uh, Hinkley Allen he said it is involved to penetrate so meaning like there's no you can't even like go into further thought about it okay and then next again is it Aquarius
0: oh that was it for Apis
1: yeah because that's how much like we don't really know like that much about it so yeah
0: Let me me just give this then. Uh, It's the 67th constellation in size, occupying an area of 206 square degrees. It lies in the third quadrant of the southern hemisphere and can be seen at latitudes positive five degrees and negative 90. The neighboring constellations are Ara, Chameleon, Circinus, Musca, Octans, Pavo, and the Triangulum Australis. Uh, Apus has two star systems that's with them awesome. exoplanets uh, The brightest star in the constellation is Alpha Op- Opodus. Uh, that's about it. It belongs to the John- Johan Bayer family of constellations, along with Chameleon Dorado, Grus, Hydrus, Indus, Musca, Pavo, Phoenix, Tucana and Volans. Uh, A- Apis has no messier objects and there are no meters, uh, showers associated with it. Um, that's it. If you want to know more, that's uh, how you
1: know how old it is.
0: Technical stuff about Apis, you can also go to the constellation guide.com to read more about that. But I know how you guys like to go do research, we tell you to go do. So, if you like
2: yeah, it.
1: like the uh, Greco-Egyptian papyri. No, for the don't look that up.
0: Big one, Aquarius.
1: It's not really. It's just like a generative force, I think. Um, uh, let's see. So. Uh, to begin with, Aquarius. Like, where do you where do we start?
2: start?
1: Where do you Jinx. start? Uh, here. <laughs>
0: Jinx, you owe me a minx.
1: Yeah. No. Hold on. Like a cat.
2: Yeah.
1: Like a catastrophe.
0: Like a catastrophe.
1: I don't really want to live in the sky for
0: forever. I'll let you pull my furry tail butt plug out. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> you're so stupid.
2: You have
1: to fucking take that out. <laughs> I'll
0: leave it in. Then. It's fine. Hold on. We're in the age of Aquarius.
1: I don't even know if we are. Like, that's the deal. Like, do you even know? Because well, you don't.
0: Here we are in Aquarius.
1: no because
0: that's what we are talking about right now though
1: yeah okay Mm -hmm. we're speaking about this constellation that is a very questionable constellation anyway so um i'll take it away
0: Um, take it away morgan
1: i will i'll try my very best so like this has been known as Il Aquario uh, in Italy, but it's in France. It's called saw like a saw like a mm. Um, And in Germany, it's called Der Wassermann. Um, so it's in the, it's an analogous form. It's got, it's a, it's the, it's a fixed constellation. I'm going to start off with it. it's fixed constellation It's an air sign and it's known uh, for like intellect and, um, you know, those type of things. But I wanted to definitely say it's a fixed star. So therefore, you know, there's a lot of like history that goes within it and a lot of things that have changed. Like it has the elliptic within it, which is um, what we call... So it's the water bear is what Aquarius is. Uh that's what it's supposed to be, but if you look at it in the sky, it's like a person bending over measuring something on what looks like to be a tripod. It it doesn't look like it's supposed to look like a guy pouring water out, but it, it it's uh gotten obfuscated a little bit because it's taken some uh, stars from some other constellations so uh that's important to know as well but so uh it is known in the so this is an old one too uh in the babylonian stones it's known as a man or a boy pouring out water from an urn the in that traditions carried on and something that's important to note back then is uh, pedophilia was a huge thing, perosity where it was like a man and a young boy and just to get that out of the way that's like kind of stained on history in general Um, but definitely in this constellation because uh, that's how Ganymede came to be with Zeus uh, which that myth will be referred back to a lot in history and this whole Aquarian and what it will acquiesce to be uh it's kind of like the mill the run of the mill you know it's like uh got a lot of weird things in it but it's ran by Mars um and it I'm just kidding it is (laughs) it is known as the Lord of Canals and the Uh, in Babylonian, it was associated with the 11th month of the Shabbatu, which is the curse of rain. And in the Epic of Creation, it uh, had an account of the deluge in the 11th book corresponding with the 11th constellation. It has 11 main stars, and it's also known for like the what, uh, if you're like into the more esoteric side, it's like the 11th labor of Hercules, uh, on whichever level you want to read that as because that's also cyclical but anyway um so the thing about uh it is that where the ecliptic meets like in the middle of the constellation uh that's called the nilo meter and that's actually a very old uh way that the Egyptians used to measure the um the of the Nile which I think is really cool because it connects to the Eridanus um, mythically as well and just uh, like the waters of life so it has to do with you see where the ecliptic is so it kind of mirrors like he's pouring the water out of the jar onto what because this person clearly like the ecliptic happens here so it like starts to mirror each other Mm-hmm. In a way that like I don't think that the water pour or like whomever, like wherever this stuff is being generated from is even aware. Does that make sense? Because the the cryptical and weird things and the query and the odd things associated with this uh, constellation will tell you that it's like where your dirty trash is or like what have you. It's just like where, you know where you're at it's like the motion of your wheels Mm -hmm. per se you know and it was also occulted by like different uh there was a star occulted in it from mars and i don't mean that in like a an esoteric way i mean like literally mars took it into its rotation and like um uh I'm not, I don't even, I'm not going to act like I even know what year it was off the top of my head. Cause I don't, but still, I think that's, uh, pretty cool. It is, uh, I don't even think I've gotten any to any of the actual star detail here. Uh, I'm sorry. it's <laughs> just like backstory. Um, here, let me get my wheels going. Here we go. So it's got two, um, uh, asterisms in it and i think that's Im- important to mention because uh some um philosophers say especially uh Blukes, that asterisms are human made they are not man-made so to go from this point forward i think that's important what? when you're mentioning they're human made not yes.
0: man-made isn't that the same thing
1: i mean i'm sorry uh like uh made by divine will like god made like an asterism god made, because
0: not human made
1: my bad yes i'm sorry okay. they were human <laughs> same thing it's like telephone right uh they're like not god made they're uh an asterism is a reflection i think upon like because the sky is a mirror that's how i view it so like you so know, what is have it to keep that in mind It is human made. Asterisms are, uh, according to Yomblicus, which is the last of his kind in late Platonism, Uh, and that's still where we get a lot of our information from. That you don't even know that you're getting there. Um, I know. So, um, (laughs) so, um, sorry, I wanted to pull up the constellation because. Um, so like I said, the nilometers is in there, that's where the ecliptic is to measure the uh Nile River. But uh, and it, the, it's called Norma Niloceta, and it's um, uh, Hadrian named that after Antonius, the star will go after, but the uh, the name of it is, is actually Mu Aquari, and um. It's a fifth magnitude star. It's a binary star system, and its companion completes orbit of the primary star every 4.88 years. Uh, The eastern asterism of that constellation is the Water Bearer's Jar, and that lies south of the Great Square of Pegasus, uh, the winged horse And it. Uh, So if you're looking at the square, it's southeast because... um, that's also kind of uh, if you get into it, we'll get into it later. But uh, then the how the uranium from uh, those stars creating uranids, creating um, asterisms, basically that uh, that's how they view Uranus was formed is from that one constellation, from that one star system. So that's how we get Uranus as well. Um, so Junos, uh, is also an asterism and I'm just getting these out of the way because these are very important. It's also an asterism in that, uh, in that constellation. Um, it's a diurnal sign, uh, Juno and Job and the guardianship signs in that are the Euros and Notis. Uh, and that's according to Lucius and Pilius in the 2nd century in his Liber Memoriales um and i just wanted to point that out because euros means eyes uh it's like to see and your notice or your um noetus or whatever however is the way that you think uh that's like what you know like um which we don't know that much but I do know that (laughs) that is uh, specifically important when it comes to your senses, you know, developing senses. And that's what we're here to do. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to skip through all these other notes that I have that I think are important about this one star, which they are, but we're just going to keep going. so, oh, it has a uh, galactic halo around it. Um, it's a galactic corona, actually, which is uh, basically an extended, roughly spherical component of a galaxy, which extends beyond the main visible component. Three characteristics have to confirm it. So it's a it's made of gas and plasma. And um uh, with globular clusters in it uh, that are over 12 billion years old, but they do not hold any metal or in, and 0 subdwarf planets. And I think that's interesting. Um, and it's a flat disk, by the way. Uh, it's like where a spiral galaxy meets an elliptical galaxy, which is what I just basically... Uh, it's like, it's like creating uh, a space shapes, uh, 4d it's like from 2d to 3d. Does that make sense? It's where like an elliptical, it's like making a cross, crossing the spherical and elliptical, you know, uh, that's basically, uh, yeah. So it has that about it. Um,
0: Hold on one second. Uh, Aquarius lies in the region of sky, which is sometimes referred to as the sea, because it contains a number of other constellations with names associated with water Pisces, the fish, Eridanus, the river, and Cetus, the whale, among others. Like other zodiac constellations, Aquarius was cataloged by the Greek astronomer Ptolemy in the second century.
1: Yes, and uh, so then you go to Alpha Aquarii, which, uh, so we'll go through, I guess, the 11. Do you want to go through the 11 stars in it and the magnitude? I think we should definitely go over the fact that uh, of the Arabic nature. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that I the just, Arabic nature of the stars.
0: I wanted to point out the, the Pisces Eridanus and see this the whale because it's a fish a river and a whale in the zodiacal sea um okay. i felt like that's interesting right. because <laughs> the god Inki is the god whose uh home is water or the Absus his home is water he's also the god that has water pouring out from him and the Erie uh I don't know if I said in the last one but it means like celestial ruler Eric or Eric and Dan uh is a river so that Eronis is the celestial river of us it's
2: most
1: definitely our
0: celestial river and so then when you look at that and you have the Pisces which is the fish in the celestial river and the whale, Uh, You have some biblical stories about Jonah and the whale. You have some stories about Jesus and the fish, uh, which we have discovered is not actually related to Pisces. It's actually related (laughs) to the southern fish. Uh, But still, uh, most people identify it with Pisces, uh, the Jesus fish. But it's actually not, right? Morgan it's uh, the southern fish
1: I'm um, um I, okay so the southern fish is got its purpose okay so the southern fish is there to um it it's known to gobble up like what the um the young man Ganymede or whomever, or it's known in Arabian culture as just a mule, but some worker um, taking the water pitcher and pouring it out. Okay, but it's also got so many different, like, aspects to it. Uh, It's known as the two-eared jar. Um, uh, In Roman Zodiac, it was the peacock, the sign of Juno, and Harry. Um, it, it, it's also known as the fundin's lattice. So like, I think that's interesting considering it's known for also Jacob's ladder, uh, climbing like the steps also to get there. Um, Elysius, uh, sea crops from the cicada nourished by the dew whose eggs were hatched by the showers. Hydradurus Irrudurus, Horator Aquae, um, and like Horace, who is like a poet, added to um, added to uh, his title of like modern constellations. He was one of those polymaths, you know, that knew everything. Uh, Tyranius Aquae, and it was the saddening of the inverted year so something definitely occurs during this it's like a generation of and i don't mean like li- like in a linear way but it's like a, like a transmission for something like to all like be put into some sort of mixture uh, it's so uh it's also known as um the monious which is the shoulder, or also the, uh, the Egyptians in ancient culture referred it to Moses because of that. It's also related to the New Testament Christians uh, with John the Baptist. Um, it has a lot of correlation to being baptized or uh, crops growing or being fertile or something of that nature being taken in or pulled out of the water. Uh, whichever way you take it. Uh, but the best way is to um, see it from a Chinese point of view, um, because that's the actual, like uh, before it's been taken over by other points of views of uh, it. It's like that it was in their natural form before uh, like modern time. And that is uh, called the early serpent or the turtle, the high Gang, the dark warrior and hero, the darkly flourishing one of the Han Dynasty. So uh yeah, there that's freaking cool to know. And then um it became Pao Ping, the precious vase, also known as the sign of the rat, which is also important to know. Um so it's also known as unstable water but when you're looking at the sign of aquarius in undulating lines it uh, looks like uh, water but it's actually like uh, energy it's like a measurement of energy so like when the nilometer that uh, is present in this um constellation is being hailed against the nile river it's going to be measured and I think that plays out on a larger scale or so it's supposed to, uh, according to um, the Chowdy Oracles. Uh, and that's why we have the vision of the Kabbalah, like uh, the three stars on each side and then the two stars coming down. So like two forming into one. It's called the Airy Trigon. Um, and it's ruled by Saturn. Um, supposedly so that makes it even more interesting but um that's supposed to be like venus like a measurement of like the on a larger scale like so uh it's not water we've come to find out later on it's it's energy that is being measured so when that time comes around and like we can see something of that nature that uh is also called um jacob's deathbed and the address to his egypt and moses's dying song on mount nebo uh, but yeah so all of that yeah. behind it um
0: <laughs> can, I bu- can i bust in real here ha- real quick here yeah it's interesting uh that you say it has has to do with the nile uh considering yeah. ea or enki was uh the same as like Ptah, who who is the one that terraformed egypt and created the Nival- nile river and the delta uh supposedly or that's how the way the story goes in uh from sumerian and uh it says right here too in the aquarius myth that in babylon mythology aquarius is identified as Gula, the great one, the god ea himself, and Egypt and in Egyptian tales, the constellation was said to represent the god of the Nile, which would have been ea And um the Aquarius is depicted as a young man pouring water or or alternatively nectar from an Amphora into the mouth of the southern fish. Represented by the constellation Piscus Austrinus. So that's why we're talking about the southern fish, because it is represented in the Aquarius myth, not because we're going crazy over here. Um,
1: well, it says, which it seems to be a proverbial expression among the ancients taken from the ceaseless flowing urn, and which might be not a uh, Inapplicable now when certain ladies are telling a story or certain lawyers are pleading. Mm. That's what it says in this book about that uh-huh. specifically.
0: And did you want to tell the year style of the Ganymede Tale or do you want me to tell the PG one?
1: I mean, there's really nothing PG about that story, <laughs> uh, but um, you could but I, um i could do a pg i do want to mention about geminos about uh it's a separate constellation from the, that stream that you were talking about uh, about the pouring forth of water mm-hmm. but uh it had the star form homo halt in it which has been taken out but it still was part of that and that it was called the effusio aquae and what i had mentioned earlier was like um the, the when you make something that you experience into matter and you don't have words for it, that's called the effiacable or ineffable ineffable. ineffable. Yes. Yeah, so it's like from where that word translates from that to the fusier aqua. It really makes that whole transformation just by its nomenclature, but it also stays the same which is weird. Um, Ganymede is just some poor um, boy who apparently got picked up by Zeus and was tortured uh, a lot until he finally realized that all he had to do was say that he liked it and he would stop being tortured.
0: (laughs) That that was pretty PG of you, yeah.
1: Are you proud? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so when you go down to like what the names mean, um, I, this book that I have is really old, so it's gonna mention like um the older older names that you can't really even find, which I think is cool. But um, most importantly, like the the Al Sayyid, the Sa- Sadal Malek, uh, it used to be Al Sa'ad Al Molk. Um, Cetus, Boston Regis, El Melech, and then Fard. So it's uh, been named a lot of different names along the way. And, um, the second one is a beta star. It's 3.1 magnitude and pale yellow. It's Saddle Sud, which means the luckiest of the lucky. Um, so yeah. Um, the third one is a Y-shaped. It's 4.1 magnitude in green in color. Uh, it's called the Sadu Bak, Sadu, Sadu Bakbia, but it's, uh, from al Sad al Libya, And it's the place of hidden things or the box of hidden things, the tent, the Heba, the felicity of tents, but it's also known in China as the tomb. Uh, number four is a delta, and it's 3.4 magnitude, which is, it's called the sheet now, but it used to be called the sheet of Tycho, and I don't think we need to keep Tycho out of it, or the sheet of Edelu. Uh It's modernly known as scat. And have you ever listened to jazz music? That's what it's supposed to make you do, scat. Batting. I don't want to scat. Yeah, I don't fucking want to do that is just like not even sitting well with my whole like being, you know, it's just completely Why doesn't sound well. It's just I don't know, the the noetic, um Scatting's the sound of bad. it is not I'm not uh, dissing scatting. I'm just saying that the sound of it is not a um noetically pleasing sound. Uh, to most. I'm not going to say, like... I-, I didn't mean the fucking star, okay? Let's let's proceed. I'm not going to back up whoever did it, either. Uh, like I just want to say Tycho, uh, by God.
0: about the Ganymede thing, um, uh, Zeus disguised himself as an eagle, which represents the constellation Aqu- Aquila uh, to carry him off to Olympus to serve as the cupbearer To the gods uh i just wanted to that's why in the myth he disguises himself because it represents this constellation and as you can see from most of the myths they're all talking about things that are going on in the stars so i just thought that was an important thing to note there um but keep it going babe
1: (laughs) sorry uh, so the next one is a uh, Ita. So it's 3.4 magnitude and it's called al uh known as uh, Fortune of the Swallower. And I thought that was interesting. I don't mm. even think that's in there. But uh, yeah. Uh, or it's called Al-Bulan, which means the dual. Like D-U-A-L. I thought that's really cool. Um. But yeah, um, so then it started being called the Mantellum, the Mantle, the bunch of grain stalks. And I think that's interesting because if you go back into the myths of the two-eared jar, the two-eared stalks, it's because like it's to help um, a higher being or higher force or something hear things that they're not around, which I think is cool. Basically, yeah. Uh the next one is um oh and Grotius had it as Anka and Pixis, but neither were appropriate. Um but what I do want to mention is the Saturn Nebula, but it's uh, just a nebula for we didn't have words for it because Saturn had rings, so we saw a nebula. Um and it looks like an eyeball. It's really cool. We called it the Saturn Nebula because Literally, we had nothing else to compare it to. So, we're like, oh, we'll just call it that. So, um, yeah. The next and one is Situla. Yeah.
0: Are these the major stars or the minor star?
1: This is major.
0: Okay. Because here it has, these have way different names.
1: Well, they're probably more updated.
0: Okay. So you're reading the older names of these stars, not the newer version names of these stars.
1: Uh, yeah, I think
0: because this that's has... what you
1: should do. Okay, so it's alpha beta, like you just go down the Greek alphabet, uh, alpha through omega.
0: Oh, uh, this has this has so that's what saddle I'm sued, saddle sued. Yeah, saddle melic. I just read that one. Skak. Uh Sada Chiba uh Saddle Tager. Tager. Hager? That's
1: interesting. S A T places.
0: T A G E R. It's Zeta Aquari.
1: Okay, but you have to remember that Zeta was not a that has to be newly, newly newly uh, one. Okay. Because Zeta is not a word that was used back then, and went from Alpha to Omega. So, it you know, I'm not saying that it could be something newly formed. Um. Anyway, uh, so we're gonna just keep going, because um. The fixed star in Aquarius with the Delta Aquarius is what makes this a fixed star. So um, it, uh, so William Herschel uh, observed, was observing in the night sky and he saw a comet and definitely predicted correctly. I don't know what type of scrying magic he had, but he knew that that would be the planet Uranus and comes to find out that's what it is so it started off as a comet and then yeah it was Uranus so the next one is um I just wanted to put that it's in order for magnitude in my book so it might not be the same but um the the seventh one is uh the Anka, the hip um and um although okay so i like that one because it's clearly in the belt of the figure and if you go back to like what we're we're talking about and why this is even here in the first place it's because of the um, the stones in the river and there's like missing a stone and on an ancient mummy in egypt which is now on display in london uh, they have this Mummy that they're missing this stone out of, and I think that's really cool how it correlates with like Aaron's blood breastplate and the story of Moses and all of that, and how it all like plays out in the sky, too. Um, I think that's the most important, but anyway. So, the situa is the next one, and it is the Latin term for a water jar or a bucket, and uh, it's somewhat similar to the saddle, which is another name for it. Uh the Erna, which is the southern edge. That's an asterism as well. But in China they call it the the K was the Hu Lang, which means the empty bridge. Um yeah, so we could just keep going uh or not. It's just what
0: well, do you have any
1: walls at that...
0: huh? Yeah, do you have any more interesting things to add about aquarius it is a one of the zodiac signs um and that's because it's a fixed it's, it's a fixed star constellation
1: yeah so you have to go back to what i was talking about earlier and that is these people that are naming everything because that was their right and that's what. Their mission was to do. Is to go out to sea. And name shit. Um, these people. Were. Um, just naming. <laughs> naming everything. That they saw. And that they were just doing their job. I don't think anything. Was like. Mm, I think that. We each have a governing body. Over each other. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? If you put like a group thought in together, then it's what like someone, or it's what's going to happen. Um, and so that's why it, it governs your air, which has back when these people were making the you know, naming this, their myth or cult didn't believe that air was an actual element. So you have to remember that always when you're dealing with air. And, and like the way that things are named and the way that uh, you're seeing things play out because the strict rules and stuff that these cults and I'm going to call them that these Mithraic cults uh, distinctively didn't believe air was an element all the way down to Yamblichus. So when you're um, looking at your soul's ascension from the pavement. And like what's governed by Aries and how it says it's still like, unequivocal, it can't measure it or it's still measuring it. Like, you, it's just crazy how that all plays out on a macro micro level. Um, I think that's fascinating. Hmm. You know, uh, what I mean? and yeah. the dude's measuring the, the Nile with his nylometer.
0: I looked up uh, Aquarius, and there's 10 reasons why Aquarius is the worst constellation in the Zodiac to be <laughs> to be born under.
1: That's bullshit. <laughs> we run this guy, remember? They don't rule you.
0: That's right. But what did it say? Holla, holla amen. Can I get an amen? it's true Well, it, hey, blocked, it, it blocked me <laughs> with an ad and then it wanted me to fill it out before I went further what a piece of junk Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now it says huh
1: I said you're good I was stretching
0: It says uh, the 10 reasons why are it's uh, unpredictable, unemotional, stubborn, extremist ways, overly sarcastic, they hate hate following rules, they're unorganized, they get bored easily, and then I I got hit with the ad again. Um they're flirtatious and they're carefree. Those all don't sound like bad things. I think this person just doesn't like Aquariuses. But my mother's an Aquarius. They're
1: putting them in a box.
0: Yeah. They're actually putting they, them in uh, a pie because technically the zodiac is round and it's like crust of a pie it's like the big part so not in a box but in a pie
1: yeah that's about to be eaten (laughs) do we want to go down this road? well everybody loves
0: to eat pie all kinds of pie
1: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) yeah they most certainly do uh I, I like think to eat that pie. Uh, just don't put no K-Rose syrup in my shit, and we'll be good. <laughs> you know, like do not be making pecan pies with with Cairo syrup. That's my tip for the day.
0: Thank you for that tip. That's a good tip. I uh, d- shit, will eat you. <laughs> do you got anything else? Uh, to finish out Aquarius, or is that it?
1: I'm gonna have 500 things. Tomorrow, I mean, there's but a ton you of know, stuff, yeah. it's the gift that literally will keep on giving mm-hmm. because that's just what Aquarius be doing. Uh, like I said, it is one of the Mithraic cults, and I'm gonna call it that. Uh, it's one of their ascensions to um the next. To, to be closer to source or God, you do need to remember that because you know you go through the planets and then you go through the fixed stars and that's like your pavement to hit your path. Yeah. So um, Aquarius being one of those is kind of rough.
0: Also think about it in like the creation story where it says he created the waters above and the waters below. I almost feel like Aquarius is the waters okay. above. Yes. You know, the river, the fish, the whale. It's the ocean of the zodiac, it's the ocean in the sky. So it kind of makes sense that it would be the waters above. Um but you know, it could also not be, and I could just be reaching, but
1: um, I don't think that you're reaching very far because <laughs> as any true esoteric person that will know that like if you gotta have three like a trinity or a triad and most people when they are um, don't look up the Greek the Greco Egyptian papyri or anything about that because I like you will know that when you're invoking the uh what you think might be a good spirit is actually not um So like everything's inverted is what I've come to find out from its mother tongue. I'm not saying it's meant to be inverted and I'm not saying that somebody has done that purposefully, but the way that it has made it back around to Western society is that it has been the opposite of what it's supposed to mean. So, um, I'm just keeping that in mind, as well as I traverse through the uh, cosmos with um, with you,
0: but
1: and it'll be fun.
0: I love traversing the cosmos with you.
1: Yeah, we're going to have a good time. I hope people uh, stick through the 88. If they don't, they're missing out on some true noses. They might turn into a noose.
0: How many how many episodes is that? That's uh, 20, 40, 60. That's a lot of episodes. Four, piece, 88 of them. What is 88 divided by four? 14? 16? I don't know. I'm not good at math.
1: You better be good at math because we're about to get into some real math now.
0: Are we? What um, math are we getting into?
1: Everything is math is what I've come to find out. So, as we traverse through the cosmos, uh, you're going to find out if we're in a cage somewhere, if we're in a crater somewhere. It's up to you, really. I mean, are you on an arc somewhere? Warley. Are you on a spherical globe? Are you geocentric or heliocentric? I don't think in this case it matters, considering our uh, wagon and our vehicle for thought doesn't really matter when it comes to the sun
0: going to be 22 episodes just to get through these constellations so butter ping butter my so thank you all for joining us on the 88 I am Danny Nakidan.
1: and I'm the Morgan B hope until, you uh, stay tuned
0: until next time we'll catch you in the galaxy the